And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. FinTech, it's everywhere. Financial services, also everywhere. Community banking. Yep, that's also everywhere. And all three are very much learning how to work together. FinTech is doing a whole lot to help community banking. That's exactly what we're going to talk about with today's guest. Before I introduce who that is, I want to let you know that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. With me today, I've got Dimitri Narenko, and he's the CEO of Upswat. Upswat is out of Berkeley, California. Founded in January of 2019, Upswat serves dozens of financial institutions, helping them build loyalty and grow engagement amongst their small and medium-sized business clients platform's white-labeled portal that deploys into customers' private cloud and connects them with online banking applications. We're going to talk all about that and more. Dimitri, welcome to Startup Hustle. Thanks a lot for the invitation. A pleasure to join you. Yeah, and I'm glad to have you here. So, uh, you know, I like to say no one tells the story of their company better than the founder themselves. So before we get started into this conversation, why don't you give us a little background and backstory about Upswat and the problem you wanted to solve when starting your company? Yeah, sure. So uh, the mission of the company is hidden in this uh, interesting name that we created for the company. It's like SWOT, Strengths, Weaknesses, Opportunities, and Threats. But we make it better. So our technology is designed to grab the data from accounting, ERP, CRM, e-commerce platforms that businesses regularly use to transform this data into actionable insights, accurate cash flow forecast, proactive sales advice available both to the bankers and their business clients. So we created something that we call Mint for Businesses to help both sides perform better. We are a little bit more than 24 months old business. We are working with, uh, as of now, with more than 30 financial institutions. But among our clients, not the banks only. Very soon we will announce the deal with MasterCard. Uh, recently we announced uh, the deal with Square, uh, Finastra, Terminus. So we are working with anyone that supports the banks and business clients, small and medium-sized businesses. Yeah, yeah and it looks like you got some uh, pretty fast validation. According to, to my notes here, you've, you've raised over $4.3 million in funding. So congratulations on that. And it's... Uh, obviously doing something right of 24 months in, you're getting that kind of funding. So, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to community banks, you know, one thing that we've talked about a lot on the show is, well, A, there's a lot of them and they're really, it's a, it's fragmented in so many ways. So they all get stuck not developing great technology because there's so many of them. They're not together as one force or they're you know, not able to compete with some of the mega banks that are out there. Is your platform, I know you mentioned Square and MasterCard, but is this, is this also something that community banks have latched onto as a way to, 
to bring their tech, their technological capabilities and their platforms up quickly? Yes. So, like, uh, you know, recently we closed our seed round. It's 4.3. In total, we raised $5 million. And one of our investors in the previous round was ICBA, Independent Community Bankers of America. So this is association that is managing relationships with thousands of banks. And they invested in us because of one very simple reason. If 20 years ago there were more than 20,000 of banks in the U.S., right now it's only 5,000 left. They are dying, unfortunately. They lose the competition uh, to the fintechs, to the national banks. They need to change. And our technology helps them to change without changing a lot. We give them the new tools to interact with their business clients, especially with new generations. I can't say that to sell anything to community bank is easy. No, it's not. But after COVID started, they better understand that they should change if they want to survive. And COVID is helping us a lot in helping these guys perform better and understand what should be improved. Okay, so what I'm here, you can go to upswat.com, just like it sounds, upswat.com. Uh, yeah. You know, and right here at the, in the banner, in the hero image of your site, it says view, view data and uncover performance trends efforts, effortlessly. What's an yeah. example of doing that? You know, because data is everywhere and how you use it and how it, it well, data doesn't mean anything if it's not actionable. So get, give, break that down for me. Like when it comes, what kind of data does Upswap help people view and, you know, how does that improve or uncover the performance trends? Yeah, so uh, just imagine when you are going to your online banking, whatever bank you use, and the bank offers you something like, Matt, if you connect your QuickBooks data, if you connect your Salesforce data, if you connect your Square data, ADP data, anything that you use, all the apps that you use to make a one-stop shop for all your business needs in your online banking, you will get fast access to the loans. You will get insights that will help you to understand what you should do next to perform better. What are the issues that your company might face in three months, six months, or 12 months? What will happen with your cash flow? The problem is that 74% of the businesses in the U.S., according to the research of Big Four, they don't have any experience and education to manage their companies. But all of them, they use the banks. So if banks is giving them the tool to help them perform better, to highlight why the sales efficiency drop, um, to highlight what are their customer acquisition channels the most efficient for the company, to highlight when they need to get one more loan to uh, solve the problem with the cash gap in six months, will it be useful for you, Matt? I believe yes. That's why the banks are paying us. Because all their businesses, they need the support that the banks are not providing right now. And um, if the bank will offer you, Matt, connect your apps to get loans faster, connect your apps to perform better, will you do this? Maybe not. Maybe yes. We know that 32% of the clients, they connect, of the businesses. Yeah, yeah we, we've had a lot of conversations on this show about how mm-hmm. banks are often clueless about how to help startups, especially, I mean, it's small businesses, startups, early stage. And, you know, we've used my own company as an example at full scale, you know, where we had a hundred employees at the end of our first year of business. And mm-hmm. because of that, you know, we didn't fit in a whole lot of boxes because uh, that's kind of an abnormal growth trajectory. Most businesses don't have a hundred employees 
within 12 months. And we had sought a whole lot of different banking relationships. Now, you know, with the company coming up on being three years old, that that uh, satisfied a lot more algorithmic stuff, it seems. Um, so when it comes to to looking at stuff, and by the way, I'm looking at all the stuff you guys connect to. I mean, there's over 100 different forms of data sources that, you know, having worked in and around software development for a decade now, uh, that's no small undertaking. But I mean, as Upswat, so so when we look at at some of the things that that fintech in this case is helping small businesses or small or community banks with, is it ju- is it just literally like okay, this is how you might be able to do business with me, because the bank itself inherently. Well, the thing, the problem with, like I said, the problem with banks is they're just, they, they often fit. They're like, Hey, it's a, it's a yes or a no. It goes in this checkbox. It doesn't. And it takes a lot of understanding to have a human on the other side, understand how we could, how the bank could do business with me. Is it more about that? Or is it more about something else? Yeah. It's, it's more about saying that the bank is not only the place to store your money, Matt, or give you the loan. The bank is the place to help you to make business decisions so that you can connect whatever you use, having no financial background, no marketing experience. And the bank, the place that you trust to, shows what you should do next. Like, you know why uh, dozens of millions of people are using Mint? Someone loves Mint, someone hates Mint, but from Intuit Corporation, I believe you know this app. But the main idea that... Connect your utility bills, add your assets, add your transactional data, and we will help you to build the credit score. We will help you to understand which credit card matches your needs, what you should do next. We will segment everything that is happening in your life to help you to make business decisions, financial decisions. We are meant for businesses. We are white label meant for businesses. So connect your data (laughs) and everything that you have, and our bank will help you um, to perform better. This is the main idea. So by getting, sure. and by the way, when you connect this data, the banks get access to this data as well. So by helping you perform so, that, yeah. So I, I have a, then I, I think the next question I have is uh, from a, from a, you know, like a startup perspective, meaning an upswat, how do you go about understanding that? You know, cause, cause like I said, is, mm-hmm. is, I, I mean, how, how do you build, how do you build FinTech that understands the needs of myself as a business? Cause all businesses are, well, many are, they're kind of like snowflakes. They're all a little, a little bit different. You know, there's okay. at least one difference in every single business. So as a FinTech, how do you go about trying to understand that and build, build a machine or a program that gets it and gives good advice? Yeah, so uh, first of all, we don't give advice because actually that means that the bank is giving the advice. There is banking sure. regulation, okay. yes, which doesn't That's allow fair. it. That's fair. We fair. highlight, we say, for example, something like, Matt, we just compared all your marketing channels, your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or whatever you use. And we see that Instagram is um, 23% more efficient comparing with others. We don't say you cancel your marketing campaigns on Twitter and Facebook leave only Instagram. We are just highlighting what is the solution, possible solution, but you make the decision. How we do this? Every time we launch with the bank, with MasterCard, with First Southern National Bank, with uh, Raiffeisen Bank International, they experiment with our technology. We can check behavior of their clients. We know which insight is efficient. We know which insight is not efficient. So right now we know that This insight, let's say, insight A is efficient only for the farmers, 
based only in Middle West with the revenues between one and five million of dollars. If this is the same farmer, but on West Coast, it won't be efficient for this type of the client. So by building experience and expertise of our own company and our team, we also enhance our model capabilities to analyze the insights, analyze the data better, and provide much more adjusted and personalized insights that are valuable for this specific client. So like any other startup, we do tons of mistakes, but we learn in our mistakes that helps us to perform better. That's why at our website, you will see angels that invested in us. 60 guys that were leading American Express, Western Union, um, CEO of Klarna. Uh, not many people know Klarna in the US, but this is the largest fintech in Europe. So we have great people, uh, senior level executives from dozens of corporations that believe that this technology will change the world and help both sides perform better. So, all right. And, you know, here I am 12 minutes in, finally starting to understand that really get a grasp here. And, you know, that that's okay. Cause I don't pretend to much like a startup. I, I make a lot of mistakes and, and don't always understand too. So this, so Upswat's actually more than just connecting financial information and telling the bank when to give me a loan. It's, it's turning my bank and it's providing a tool where the bank can, can reflect back some input and advice that my business might not understand for any reason it could be anything yes. from marketing to 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 cash flow analysis to a whole lot of other stuff so that that's a completely different uh ball game and i now i'm really seeing the value proposition there so okay so now you built this platform that connects to over 100 different data sources and then you connect to uh, uh, hundreds or thousands of different banks how big of an undertaking is that when it comes to dealing with all these different platforms? I mean, you're, you're essentially become an API hub for yeah. hundreds and hundreds of different things from a, from a startup perspective. How challenging is that dealing with every time you go to a different bank, you've got a different set of technological stuff and challenges to climb up and over? Yeah, so this is our experience. We were doing this with our team for 15 years. So we were managing hundreds of developers working for the largest system integration companies. We know how it works. The only difference that right now we are doing this for our company, not for our employer. So uh, the whole technology, the whole platform from scratch is built on very simple understanding that we don't want to change anything inside of the bank. We don't need core banking system. We are one more additional layer to any infrastructure. We can be SaaS, we can be deployed in banking environment. It doesn't matter. We don't change anything. We are one more button in online banking or mobile banking. That's it. So it's very fast to launch. There are no problems with compliance and regulation stuff uh, because all the data is opt-in, API enabled, no screen scraping, no, no one knows logins and passwords. And it's pretty easy to launch. Uh, we started our company offering this as private cloud solution or public cloud solution, but in the environment of the bank. Because just imagine, Matt, when small company with my accent is coming to the US bank saying, we will manage the data of your clients. <laughs> so they, they are not happy with that. <laughs> we have to build some kind of the credibility and reputation. But right now we are classic SaaS, though still for the national banks we are available for their environment to be deployed in their environment as well. So that depends. That depends. Everything is customizable in our case. 
you know, we like lo- we love to have real conversations here. Has has you, you mentioned the accent? I you, uh-huh. you you sound like you're from Eastern Europe. I have an employee yeah. in Belarus. Was mm-hmm. was that was that really an issue? Like, has that been something you've had uh, to climb over? Uh, with national banks, with innovative companies, large corporations, no, like they don't care. Uh, U.S. is built by immigrants. Everyone everyone understands yeah. that. Uh, sometimes we need to highlight that we are not Russians, we are Ukrainians. Sometimes that helps. Uh, sometimes it doesn't help because for lots of people, it's the same <laughs> dangerous yeah. environment in any case. Yeah. Uh, but when we have happy clients and uh, those 60 people invested in us, uh, we become credible. So uh, the first sure. question from any bank is like, where is my money? And when our ROI is on each dollar invested, we give $5 back. Um, there are no questions anymore, uh, especially when we have happy clients in the U.S. And lots of people, uh, U.S. people from largest U.S. corporations invested in us. But at the beginning, yeah, I believe there were some challenges with that. Yeah, and you know, I go through that myself because at Fullscale, we've got about 200 employees now, of which all of them, except for a half a dozen, are in the Philippines. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm used to answering some of those questions. We actually looked at opening an office in Belarus. I was out in Minsk a few years ago and, and had planned on, on doing that. Uh, we didn't actually move forward on that. The pandemic and some other things kind of got in the way of, of certain expansion plans. But yeah, I, I've been answering the question... Uh, uh, one thing I do know is there's a hell of a lot of smart people in Eastern Europe. That was one thing I figured out when I was over there. So a lot of math and science in school growing up there. So that was that yeah. was interesting. All right. So uh, once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Let's talk about that for a second, because, you know, obviously tech is, you know, the finding talent, finding people to, that understand a lot of this. Uh, is a challenge on many days. There's about 350,000 open tech jobs in the U.S. What have what what are you doing at your business to fill those needs and try to make sure that you can continue to scale and grow? Yeah, you, you know, like uh, our advantage is that we are coming from Eastern Europe uh, because we can find the best engineer and talent. We know where to get these people. We were managing them for many years, and that cost us much cheaper comparing with the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also a disadvantage because uh, Eastern Europe is proud of the technical skills, but unfortunately there are no huge business development talents, at least as of now. So if you want to become the U.S. corporation, I believe you should use advantages of both worlds. So technical power in our company will be always best in Eastern Europe, at least 90% of the technical power. Sure. That's, that, that's easier to grow, to scale the company. And by the way, VC, they, they are okay with that. All the VC are okay with that because mm-hmm. uh, Belarus, Ukraine, they already proved that the quality of the engineer and talent is, is great. And the time difference is not that huge, like, for example, with India. Uh, but business development, salespeople, native-speaking people should be hired in the U.S. So by mixing both worlds, advantages of both worlds, you can build something cool. Yeah, I see you guys are out in California. Um, you know, obviously, the, it, there's been so many articles and so much news that's come out about, uh, you know, the pandemic changing the local landscape, especially in the California-based cities. Are you seeing any changes with that? Yes, and we are example of that change. Uh, we moved from California to Charlotte, North Carolina. So 
uh, yeah, we decided to move because one of our clients, they are headquartered in Charlotte, and they told us that this is a very nice place. And definitely, the prices are uncomparable. Um, cheaper to hire the people. Uh, maybe not the best climate, but the prices are changing everything. <laughs> uh, so yeah. we decided to move and we like to be here. And, you know, like we closed the round completely online. We got uh, more than, we have right now more than five acquisition offers, let's say, uh, everything online. And we understood that if in San Francisco, the startup can't meet the people the people that he needs to meet in person anymore, but still you are paying crazy numbers for rent, for everything, why should you stay there? We moved. Though still, when I become old and rich guy, I probably will come back because the climate <laughs> is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's a, so actually I should, I, I should change the language uh, straight out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, yeah, no longer right, Berkeley, California. I I used to live in Wilmington, North Carolina. I know it's a, oh, yeah. a it, it, it's a, right there on the beach. Sometimes I was I recently there. I, I, there is yeah, I, sometimes I still wish I lived on the beach. But you know that's that is something that's been very interesting in the startup community in general. Because you know we're in Kansas City, which I mean, similar to Charlotte, is not high cost of anything. And, uh, you know, we're seeing, we went through a couple of years where we saw a, a lot of talent migrating to the coasts, whether it be East or West. And now we're seeing a lot of people and a lot of companies come back. It's really changing the, you know, and another thing too is, uh, at full scale, we see a lot, we're seeing a lot of clients that are, that previously weren't interested in offshore help now yeah. suddenly interested in it and fintech is, is especially tricky because there is a lot more requirements for security and and stuff yeah. and in some cases some fintech companies just literally won't hire anybody that's not permanently in the us so sometimes that makes that staffing even harder okay so back to back to the community banks and you know fintech helping um this is obvious this next question that, that i have is just uh, this is kind of an opinion overall when it comes to banking, like, what do you see? What do you see happening in the future for the community banks? Cause I see a lot of them like here, my, my bank, which was a small local bank, uh, basically merged with 10 other local banks mm -hmm. and formed one much bigger entity. What do you see occurring for the, for community banks in general? No, oh, I think that the strategy that they are implementing makes sense, like building the trust through the people, having relationship manager who knows you met, who knows uh, to which bar you go, where you live, who knows the name of your dog. That makes sense. But still, these processes are very expensive. They need to cut the calls. Uh, they need to understand that new generations, they don't want uh, the relationship manager to know the name of the dog and to which bar right. they go. They want to get the banking services available online at any moment. So by combining, by mixing their experience and expertise in building the trust with the local community and adding to this additional layer of uh, uh, innovative online channels, best practices from the fintech, uh, still there won't be 5,000 banks in the U.S. in 20 years. Maybe there will be 2,000 left. But these 2,000 left will be powerful enough to fight the competition. The only thing that they need to, to understand this and be ready for this and change right now before it's too late. Um, so, yeah, this is my assumption. So it, along the, you know, as the, the face of the community bank has, has changed, 
is is the past inability to offer tech cutting edge technological solutions been why the number is thinned out from 20,000 community banks to 5,000 or is it just is it is it something else oh so you like, like you told you see community banks are combining efforts to build something something larger yes some of the community banks they just go bankrupt uh, yes some of the community banks uh, their strategy is not the best one. So there are so many reasons why they die in, in one or another meaning. So like th- this is what is happening right now. Uh, they're trying to survive. Recently, for example, we joined acceleration program, uh, which is called the Venture Center in Arkansas. Yes, it, it's powered by ICB and FIS. Why? Because uh, community banks joined their efforts, invested in the program, let's say, in some meaning, and they're looking for the best fintechs to implement in their processes. The question is only one. Either real, are they really going to change or they're just reporting to their shareholders of the bank saying, we are changing. You see, we invested in the program. We are doing something. We are looking for the startups. So some of them are definitely changing. We got seven banks recently thanks to this program, like First Southern National Bank and a couple of others that we will announce soon. Um, but some of the banks, they are just sitting there because they should be there. And that's it. And these are the banks that will die or will be acquired very soon because they're not changing and they're not willing to change. And this is... So, Let's talk for a minute about the speed and access to loans and and specifically with startups, because, you know, I've had calls, uh, I've had local banks that have reached out to myself and my business partner, basically asking, how can we do more business with startups? And I my first response when on calls with a CEO or a president of a bank is saying, you need you need to better understand how technology businesses work. And I give you an example, because you might have a company that could have a $200 million exit and is very loan worthy, in my opinion, but they don't check the, the standard traditional things that a bank looks for in loans. And banks, ought, for those of you listening, a bank will give you a loan based on a, a truckload of, of screws and bolts that they could do nothing with if they repossessed but they, they see some tangible value there. So they feel comfortable giving you a loan against that where you have technology companies where their assets are, are basically lines of code and a server and a rapidly growing revenue. How, how can FinTech or how I, in some ways it already has been improving it, but how do you see the access to loans and the speed at getting those loans to businesses improving through FinTech? Is it, is it from better insights like Upswat or is it something else? Uh, yeah, in some meaning, yeah, we are not about the loans themselves. Like we are about helping the client to understand why you need the loan. Yes, like we explain mm-hmm. like, uh, Matt, you need the loan because in six months, based on your current performance, you won't have enough cash to support your company. So that's why let's think about the loan right now. We explain we don't sell. This is very important. Uh, regarding the loans, you know, like big fintech companies, Cabbage, uh, for example, uh, former chief risk officer of Cabbage, Costa does, he's our angel, uh, Landing Club, uh, there are so many of them, actually thousands of them, they don't have any papers, they don't have any branches, they are just saying, guys, click the button, connect your financial data, and we will give you the loan in a second, or in a minute, okay, let's say in a minute, uh, maybe in five minutes, even some of them, uh, but you don't need to go to the branch. You don't need to prepare any documents. You don't need to wait 
days, weeks, and even months. Yes, your interest rate will be crazy 20%, five times higher than the average one in the bank, uh, but you will get the loan fast. And the numbers of the loans that these guys approve shows one thing. If you are, the client is ready to pay crazy interest rate if he can get the loan fast without papers, without the branches. So I believe like national banks are doing right now, uh, they automate decision-making process, making it like very cheap. Uh, community banks need to move the same way. To move the same way, they need new technologies that fintechs can create because community banks, they don't have neither experience nor expertise in building same solutions. Um, on the top of this, they need more data. Because uh, so many businesses are not approved for the loan just because of one very simple reason. They are thin file problem clients, but that doesn't mean that they are bad borrowers. So if you know your client much better, if you evaluate not only credit history, but financial performance of the company, their sales channel, uh, the stickiness of their clients, that might be the best way. So this is where we are going. We are saying we can give you more data. We can help your clients perform better and you can better make loan decisions. So, you know, another thing that that has a lot to do with the bank's survivability is that just enhanced brand reputation. And, you know, part of what Dimitri and I are talking about here is you had the uh, platforms like Cabbage where you really could get a loan. Yeah, I mean, in the same day, you could have the money on the way on the way to your bank, usually with some simple connections, things like QuickBooks, your bank, a couple other things. And then the community bank up the street is, you know, might take five or six weeks to give you a similar loan. And you might not even find out if you're getting the loan until the fourth week of that. And that can equate to a lot of wasted time, a lot of wasted opportunity. In some cases, uh, failure for the business. Now, the the problem that occurs is anybody that goes through that process with a local bank and then doesn't get the loan, or if, they, if you feel like you wasted a month of your time, that's that's not a good thing for the brand reputation of the bank um, because you're just going to be pissed off. It's just that simple. Regardless of why you didn't get the loan, you're going to feel like you wasted a lot of a lot of time. Um, I, I think that I, I really like what Upswat does because, I, like I said, is I think if a bank can give you more insights into what you're doing, you never know. Like, I mean, I, like you said, I think people want to feel that their bank is helping them, not just there saying, F you, pay me, you know, give me fees, give me money, give me this, give me that. And you're sitting there going, well, what do you do for any of that? Um, so, you know, I, I, do, do you think that that those additional insights do lead will lead to an improved brand reputation with community banks. Like I think people like to do business locally, but at the same time, business people want to make smart business decisions. So, you know, you're going to go with the best offer, the best deal. I mean, do do you think that Upswat and other platforms lead to improved brand rep? Yeah, sure. Well, we are not here to fight the banks. We are here to help them to survive because no matter what the lending fintechs are saying, uh, the banks are creating the stability for the economy and we are here to help them survive. So if the bank is not only storing money, if the bank is not only giving me the loans, if the bank is helping me to perform better, I will love my bank. This is something that I'm willing to ask them to do for me. There is research. Okay, I can say whatever I want to say, but there is research from Accenture and Big Four 
These guys asked thousands of businesses, what are your biggest challenges? They told cash flow forecast and what to do next. We have no idea what will happen with our business later. We have no idea how to perform better. We don't know about the issues in our company. We don't have resources to hire professionals. We don't have experience. Help us. 30% of these businesses are even ready to pay the banks for this type of the support. But banks can't help with that because no technological advantages usually. And uh, there are no skills to understand what their clients need. So there should be some kind of the automation. The best solution is for me, cheaper, better, and faster is to get the fintechs that are focused on one specific area. They know how to do this, get these guys, become more competitive. And uh, yeah, like um, I, I can disclose you one thing that is happening in our company. We are signing the deal with one of the largest cities on the East Coast. So economic development department of one of the largest cities in, on the East Coast is buying our technology right now to deploy this in, in city portal our dashboard, our insight, so that all the businesses in the city line get a new tool from the city to help taxpayers perform better. Connect your data to city portal, get insights, get forecasts, get KPIs, get everything in understandable way, because your city is helping you to overcome COVID challenges. The city is here to help you perform better. And the city doesn't need your data, unlike banks. Really cool case. We have no idea if that works out. But definitely, we want to talk. So, so, so much of this conversation and, and everything banks rely on and need info around is historical data. Now, one of the things that occurred last year when COVID really became serious and things started shutting down was, well, a lot of that data became kind of useless because all businesses were affected differently by COVID, which made it a very it made it a huge challenge to know. Who was who was still credit worthy, you yeah. know? Who and, and how much did did twenty twenty change, skew, or even ruin the data when it comes to what you look at historically to now or from then until now? Like, did did we have to hit the reset button on data, or was that just uh, just something else to consider in the in the bigger picture? You know, this is really cool, Matt, uh, that you mentioned this. Not all the bankers understand that historical data is not that level valuable. It shows the trends. It shows the average performance of the company. But if there is disaster, if this business is sustainable enough to perform good. So what we do, we give continuous access to the data. We allow the banks to put the fingers on the pulse of the business, to monitor all your sales on Square or what you are doing with your marketing campaigns or what is happening with your payroll in real time to mitigate the risks, to understand what might happen or what is happening with the business right now. But again, this is the solution to help the businesses as well to put the fingers on the pulse of their businesses to know what is happening right now, what will happen, what are the trends, and so on. So historical data only is not the solution anymore. Real-time access to the data, automated monitoring of the data to help both sides is the solution. And more importantly, is propensity. What will happen in the future? So, yeah. Just like yeah, that. and you know what we're talking what we're talking about is traditionally if you went into a bank and you wanted a loan and they're going to want to look at your past profitability, your cash flow, blah blah blah. But last year, if you had gone and done that, like you could have a business that completely depended on in person anything, 
And you might have a, a month earlier look like the best lending candidate. And in reality, in the real time, like Dimitri's talking about, you are now the worst lending candidate and, uh, you know, trying to figure out how to, how to, I mean, regardless of, of data and algorithms and machine learning and suggestions, banks still have to make good decisions. You still have to pick winners when it comes to giving loans. I mean, that's in the end, how banks go out of business. They, they usually make really shitty loans that don't get repaid. And now they're on the hook for that money. Um, you know, uh, there's obviously other things, you know, you talk about the, the change in community banking. I just got a letter in the mail today that let me know that my bank is closing the branch that's right around the, the corner from my house. And, and it literally, I, I appreciated the transparency and the candor because it said reasons we're closing this bank. It said not enough foot traffic. Mm -hmm. Like that was the very first thing. And, you know, they were mm -hmm. consolidating. You have to appreciate a business that's going to make decisions that make sense for the longevity of the business. And I think it's pretty cool what you're doing. I like that. I love the idea. You know, it's, I, I have to admit that I came into this episode and I was, I was looking at this. And at first I just thought this was about connecting banking data. And, you know, I see that you guys are doing so much more than that. And I think any, any I, I just appreciate anything that helps a business do something better, faster, or cheaper. And, uh, and also sometimes those three things are, are a lot less valuable than some simple peace of mind. And if you, as a business, if you have ever tried to apply for a loan, you know what I'm talking about? Cause yeah. applying for a loan at any bank does not fit under the peace of mind category. It's usually excruciatingly, uh, stressful. It requires too much info. It's like, my God, you know, do you really need 5,000, you know, pieces of paper and data and all that? So I, I commend you on all that. All right. So we end my episodes and I say my episodes of Startup Hustle because I am not the only host. Make sure you tune in on Tuesdays with Andrew Morgans, the CEO and founder of Marknology. Talk all about selling on Amazon and e-commerce. Tune in on Thursdays and join Lauren Conaway, the founder of Innovate Her. If you haven't had enough Startup Hustle at that point, did you hear we started a TV show? It's really easy to find. Just go to YouTube, type in Startup Hustle in the search box and you'll find our episodes that come out once or twice a week. And we are either telling the story of what we're doing as entrepreneurs or answering questions. Like for example, I just finished recording, answering the question of what does a CEO do? Uh, I know a lot of CEOs that might not even answer that question. So <laughs> now before we get into the founders, friend, once again, before we get into the founders freestyle, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. We are over 200 developers strong and adding to that roster every month. Go to Fullscale.io and let us help you build the team that you want, not just the team you can afford. All right, so in the Founders Freestyle, I, I, I encourage my guests to say anything that they would like to say to close out the episode and, and possibly give some advice to other founders that might want to have have a startup in in the fintech industry. So what's the best advice that you can give or any closing remarks you'd like to make at the end of the show here, Dimitri? Oh, we are a young company. This is my second company, but still uh, every day we learn something new. But what I can say for sure, I know so many startups that are thinking when the client is saying, no, this is disaster. This is so bad. This is, this is awful. And no, this is actually great. When you get no, that's not forever. 
if you could build relationships with the clients, you can always come back. The most important is to know why you get no, what is missing, what can be improved. So no is the actually is actually the starting point to get yes. So never give up. We live only once, no matter what you do, all of us, we will die. And this life should be excited, exciting for all of us because there is no way uh, to load this life uh, three years back, five years back, 20 years back. <laughs> only one attempt so try to build something cool that will be helpful to the people which problems you are going to solve and never give up when you get no this is my opinion mm -hmm. you know one of one of my big takeaways in, in my freestyle here is first off you know i think what you built is, is cool and i like it because it gives a bank something else to offer me i sometimes look at my bank and i'm like where's my value add here you know like i feel the same way about credit card fees. I'm like, you're taking two, 3% of every transaction. What do you do for me? And, you know, I think that, uh, that one of the things that really popped into my head during this episode was, was just actually going back and looking at what kind of free tools and offerings my own bank might already have for me. Cause I know one thing is with a business with a couple hundred employees, I look at subscriptions and do subscriptions and fees and stuff like that. And I see that number climb, you know, when you have 200 people, any, anything that's 10 bucks a month is actually $2,000 a month, mm -hmm. not 10. And, you know, it's, it, it sounds like it's probably a good idea for myself and whoever's listening to go check out what your bank might be giving you for free that you're not even aware they're doing. So, and, and on top of that, if your bank isn't offering tools like this, suggest to them that they should. Oh, yeah. I think that's probably the best way to get banks to sign up for any of this stuff is like, hey, you know, this is something that would be really useful to myself and everyone else. And look, it's not, it's, it's affordable and accessible and something you should maybe wrap your arms around. Dimitri, thanks again for joining me. Go to the link in the show notes, check out upswat.com and maybe suggest to your bank that they add upswat to their offering. I'll see you down the road, my friend. Thank you, Matt. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.